This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Elseworld Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by the illustrious and incredible Jason Inman, who is not only a uh, terrific host that you're familiar with, but also I'm introducing him today as an author. Yeah! Uh, Jason, you've written a, uh, a lovely book, which I have not had a chance to read because it's not available yet. However... Oh, I thought I sent you it. Didn't I not no, send I you the advanced copy? No, no, no. But... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Unless I haven't been to the P.O. box in a while, but... Uh, I will say, if you are interested in checking it out, in the description below, you can find a link to check it out on Amazon. Jason, sell this book, man, because I think the premise is just incredible. Uh, So, as many people don't know, I was in the Army. I was a veteran, and I've always had this love of comic books. And I talk about this with every year with the campaign, the charity campaign that I do with Operation Gratitude, where I send comic books to soldiers. When I was in Iraq, when I was deployed to Iraq, I got sent a comic book in a care package, and it kind of reignited my love for comic books. So ever since then, the military and comic books have been connected. And my book, Super Soldiers, is the way each chapter takes a comic book service member, like Captain America, Captain Marvel, War Machine, Green Lantern, Nick Fury, Sergeant Rock, there's a whole bunch of other ones in there. And I spend each chapter talking about how the military, how the U.S. Armed Forces informs their stories, changes their stories, changes their characters, and I insert some of my own personal stories from my time in the military. And each chapter is kind of basically judging, are they a good soldier? Mm. Um, you know, based on, like, the stories we have seen. And I and I dip into the movies a little bit, but mostly it's strictly from the comic books. And I had to read so many comic books to uh, be able to write this book. So uh, I'm pretty proud of it. It's weirdly the most nerdy yet personal thing I've ever written. And I think some of the characters that you think would be considered a good soldier might surprise you because they had, they definitely surprised me. Like, um, one of the nuggets I learned is that Captain America is basically a walking, talking flag until the 1980s. Right. Um, he basically just walks around saying like, buy war bonds and, (laughs) and, uh, go red, white, and blue until like 1985. And then he actually becomes a, a real soldier. Um, Hmm. And then I, I discovered, like, the ultimate idea that Green Lantern is on a constant struggle to impress his dad, right. Hal Jordan, of course. Um, whereas if you actually look at Hal Jordan's career, he surpassed his dad, like, many, many years ago. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's something like that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the book. Uh, um, uh, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's everywhere right now. Uh, it's, like, 230 pages. And, um, you know, pre-orders really matter. They really help. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing this thing that if you pre-order the book and you email me at jasoninmanauthor at gmail.com, that stuff's all over my Twitter, um, I'll send you the first three chapters to read before anybody else. But that's only if you pre-order the book. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. It's, ter- it's, a, it's a great concept. Uh, I remember when you were pitching this idea, I was like, that's a really nice, solid concept and a great way to tie in your own personal experiences with something that you care deeply and passionately about. And it's well, something relevant yeah. that we all really would want to read about. Well, yeah, it's it's a thing like, you know, anybody could write a comic. I mean, you, Sal, like everybody in our audience could write a could write a comic book, you know, novel at any time about like, you know, talking about Marvel Comics, talking about DC Comics, stuff like that. Exactly. So I, I didn't want to just do that. I, I wanted to like, how can I make this unique to me? How can I make this a book that only I could write? Exactly. And this is very, very much like, you know, me putting in this stuff is very much made that. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, Super Soldiers, available soon, uh, April, uh, June 18th, right? Yes, June 18th. I'm dropping a link in the chat right now, too. Excellent. And, of course, if you check the description, you can find it as well. Uh, Jason, congratulations on your book. Thank uh, you, dude. You're welcome. Um, we're also going to uh, occasionally jump into the Super Chats. I just want to uh, acknowledge that ahead of time, but I'm also going to try and weave them organically into the discussion so it doesn't get too uh, outrageous. But, uh, you know, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, Adam Asamoah says, first, I'm making a comic pop comic coming soon. Oh, you're making a comic about us. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you very much, man. Um, Jason, we were talking about, like, topics to cover 
Uh, yeah, honestly, man. You and I agree on so many different subjects, particularly when it comes to comics. It was hard to pick a topic and pin one down. But then Tom King was announced that he was co-writing a movie for the New Gods um, with uh, Ava DuVernay. 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 As I've, as I've heard it said, yes. yes. Uh, and the internet kind of collectively went like, hooray, and then I'm watching it kind of go, oh, wait a minute. And so it's... Oh. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't I'm seen so- that. Well, because also Heroes in Christ number nine dropped, and that kind of made people softer on on, on Tom King and, and being mm-hmm. excited about him working on something else. We actually speculated about it a while ago, not a while ago, actually a couple of days ago, when uh, it was announced that Tom King would not be finishing uh, Batman. When Yes, I saw your video about whether, he, whether or not he should, he should. actually be allowed to finish exactly. his run. Exactly, and one of our pitches was, or one of our, one of our theories was, because um, he said, oh, I had a meeting with Warner Brothers and AT&T, and they were really excited and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nobody has that kind of meeting and then also gets fired. Like, that's either a great meeting or a terrible meeting. Mm-hmm. And so we speculated, like, maybe that meeting had nothing to do with comics. Maybe it had everything to do with him being part of, like, the cinematic arm of DC. That's what I think it is. That's exactly what I think it is. I, I think he had to – I think the choice was write the New Gods movie – or finish his Batman run. Exactly. And to be honest with you, I think all wouldn't all of us take New Gods? I think like, so. I mean, I certainly would because <laughs> yeah. I I dig Mr. Miracle and his approach more than I dig his approach to Batman. Yeah, well, Mr. Miracle uh, by just being like one of the best New Gods comics in a long long time, if not the best. I mean, I I hesitate to call it the best just because the Jack Kirby New Gods run is so amazing. Exactly, and it's his um, like, yeah. Um, but um what uh the interesting thing is that he was kind of left alone on Mr. Miracle. And I think that's the difference you see. Like on a book like Batman and on a book like Heroes in Crisis, like these main universe books Editors are going to be involved. Um, I, I bet you that the publishers, Jim Lee and Dan DeDio, got to say decisions. Oh, no so he's not left alone. Whereas I bet you on Mr. Miracle, he was completely left alone. I bet you they didn't revise hardly any of his scripts except for like, eh, I don't know. Do you think Scott would be that big of a fan of carrots? And Tom was like, well, here's the research. And they're like, OK, OK, just checking. I, I bet it was more like, should he wear a Batman T-shirt? Shouldn't he wear like a Green Lantern shirt? Like- yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, in Heroes in Crisis, um, I guarantee you, like, every single line, every single panel was um, just debated and, and gone back and forth. And I, and I think that that book is – that's the result. Oh, I mean, yeah. but that, that's the case for every event book. I can remember an interview with Matt Fraction when he was writing Fear Itself. Yeah. And he said that that was the most difficult thing he had ever written because of all the different heads coming in and – you know, because it affects the entire universe. They're going to, they're, you know, it's going to be committed to death. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, oh. and Fear Itself still, I think, managed to come out with as, as a cohesive thing. It's just... It's mostly okay. But you can feel where, like, there were some tripwires laid in by, by editorial. Um, I'm seeing a lot of positive spin, by the way, about your book right now. Uh, right oh, sweet. Micronic says, West Coast Avengers, duh, duh, duh. Yeah, that's a geek history lesson joke. Yeah, nice. West Coast Avengers, dun dun dun. That's our theme song. Oh, I see. Yeah, the, yeah uh, we 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 had this weird joke in our first hundred episodes of Geek History Lesson where uh, I kept bringing up the West Coast Avengers, and then we finally did the West Coast Avengers um, episode, and then when that happened, we had the theme. We made a theme song. <laughs> I have to listen to that. That's awesome, and that's a fun book. That was the uh, that was the the most recent run where they had Gwen Poole and everybody else. Kelly Thompson's a great writer, Kelly man. Kelly Thompson's so good. Yeah, she's she's so much better than people give her credit. Yeah, it's funny. I remember reading West Coast Avengers and being like, "This is really good," mm-hmm. but it ain't for it's me. Exactly what it needed to be. Well, that's the thing. Like, I was reading, I'm like, someone else is gonna love it. Like, I didn't hate it, but it was. I was like, this is obviously going towards someone else. Like, it wasn't just it wasn't catching me, but I still recognize I'm like, this is really good. Like, the art's in- amazing. The writing is solid and incredible. And Kelly Thompson, of course, Mister X. Whoa, she's so good. Give her an X book. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, she should have an X book. Right? Oh man, we could do a whole conversation. Remember remember when we did that video at your house, uh, how to fix the X-Men? Yes. People still I kind of feel that. like I still get I kind of feel that. we should do a sequel to it after we've read the first like 12 issues of John and Hickman. Oh my god. I'm all that's yep. going to be the make or break for us and for everybody. Uh, Dan S says I've been waiting. I've been wanting you guys to I've been wanting to ask you guys this. What would you say are your top 5 movies uh, that 
you feel have changed comic book movies? Oh, that's a hard list, man. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, top five movies. Uh, you, I'll, how about I take that? Yeah, uh, yeah go um, ahead. You know, it's it's weird. So you have to think about top five movies that changed comic book movies. So they're they're a thing that has to have changed either the storytelling going forward or or how people think about comic book movies. Right. Um, like I mean, Dark I think Knight. you automatically have to give it to to Superman the movie. Okay, right off yes. the gate. Yes. Um, with without Superman the movie, we have no Superman movies. Nope. Um, I think you don't have any good comic book movies. You probably set it back by ten years, ten twenty years, because like that was the movie where I mean the the, the tagline alone, "You will believe a man can fly." That's them like, and we did. Yeah, that's them patting themselves on the back, being like, "We did it. Like we gave you Superman on screen." And that's something yeah. that's really hard to accomplish, even though it's the like one of the greatest modern American myths of all time. <laughs> now, what do you? Um, I would argue that it the next one is Batman the movie because that's the first blockbuster yes superhero movie, and awesome. also just by that's also the movie that started this trend of every comic book movie has to kill their villain right. And every comic book movie has to have the villain involved in the origin. Exactly. And every comic book movie has to have black costumes. Right. Jet black, <laughs> no definition unless it's muscles. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that the villain should overshadow the hero in some way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like certainly it was the it was the gold standard for Batman films for at least three more movies. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Batman the movie. I mean, I think Batman is kind of tied in with all of the influences. I know that like if you if you didn't have Dark Knight and the Nolan trilogy, you don't have Hollywood's misunderstanding of why that movie was successful and the direction of the DCEU. Yeah. Where they're like, "Oh, well, right, Dark. Okay, get Nolan and get uh the guy who makes the Dark DC movies we make. Oh, the guy who made Watchmen. That's it." Yeah. Well, like, that that's why that's why like for me, I think then if you're thinking about it that way, if you know, just going chronologically. Yeah. So Superman the movie, Batman the movie, I don't think a next one makes an impact until Iron Man. Oh, I disagree. I got one. Okay, more what one you. do you think? Spider Man Two. Why Spider Man Two? No, I like Spider Man Two, and I put it definitely in my top five right. comic movies. But I don't know if it affects like the whole genre as much as we think it does. I think it. I think it does because it became the new, as I said before, gold standard for comic mm. movies for superhero movies. And the way in which it was presented, it really, like, that movie is 75% the Peter Parker story and, like, 25% Spider-Man stuff. Oh, interesting. And okay. And I think that with that kind of emphasis on the protagonist being, like, a person and having a real personal stake, everything else, like, you know, Daredevil, for example, comes after Spider-Man, but, mm -hmm. but not by Spider-Man 2. But the point is, like, the, the, the Matt Murdock stuff falls flat. It doesn't work. The Daredevil stuff doesn't work. Like, they don't have a good balance. Spider-Man 2 actually proves, like, how you can balance your hero and your character. And I think that influences them from, like, going from there. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you can see its, imp its impact on the following superhero movies until the Nolan trilogy. It's weird because, like, my next three, again, would be Iron Man, uh, Dark Knight. Right. And then to me, it's a debate about whether the last one is Logan or Deadpool, about which one affects comic book movies more. Yeah. And I see a lot of people going X-Men or Blade, but the reason why I didn't pick either one of those is because X-Men or Blade are just still – if you look at X-Men and Blade, they're still the Batman, the movie model. Right. They didn't change anything. They just mm -hmm. didn't suck as hard. Like, yeah. X-Men, sure, like I was blown away that they were able to make an X-Men movie. Me too, man. But it didn't like – then usher in an era of team superhero movies or no, it didn't. make it work or teach them how to make it happen or how to balance character. I got to put I got to put Avengers on that list because that's the Oh, one. that's fair. I forgot about Avengers. Cuz Avengers <laughs> is the one where everyone's like they can do it. Cuz you know, you it's all uh, yeah. the promise of it of an Avengers movie, the promise of a team building film. Uh you know, you're like, "Okay, I am on board. I get you. I I know where they can go with this and I'm really excited for it." But for them to actually stick the landing? Mhm. Mm and I, I would flip it. I would put Avengers I would pop out Iron Man on my list and put Avengers in there just because Iron I, I guess I always go Iron Man because it's the one that created the MCU. Exactly. Well, and it, so. and it also, well, certainly Iron Man influenced the MCU in terms of everything, but 
more specifically in terms of like other superhero movies where you don't get Affleck as Batman if you don't have Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. It's fair, yep. You know, where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it really has to do with the actor who plays the character. Yeah, the MCU like is the one that first got, I would say, superstars. Right. People to be like, oh, yeah, superstars, like big-name career people can be. I mean, we wouldn't have had Kurt Russell and Annette <sighs> Bening, um, these luminary Hollywood actors, be like, yeah, I want to be in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's the weird thing. Like, I've heard Al Pacino apparently has had talks with Marvel as well now where I've, he's like, where can you fit me in? I've heard that a couple times, like over the yeah. years that he's like always been asking about it. The other thing is about that is I think that has more to do, I mean, with the fact that the Marvel movies are doing so well, they're so, they're so popular and they're so like financially viable. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I think it's because of the decline of like movies over the last 15 years where it's like you saw a lot of big name Hollywood actors go to TV, you know, yeah. and they were like, because that's where the money is. And now they're kind of like, whereas Kurt Russell, Annette Benning, Al Pacino, any actor that you see where you're like, I can't believe they got Glenn Close to play Nova Prime. Those characters, those, those actors would have said no a million times over 20 years ago. Yes. But because yes, they... they're just chasing any kind of like certain viable financial success. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, Tommy Lee Jones would not be in uh, a Japanese camera commercial or whatever it is they sell. Like, I saw this recent commercial where, like, Tommy Lee Jones has played, like, an okay. alien in these Japanese, like, commercials for a year, like, for a while. <laughs> and I'm like, he wouldn't do that if it weren't paying out the ass. And it's like... Oh, they played that. They always pay. Like that's the one thing you don't realize about television. Television, you get royalties. You don't get. You don't really get royalties with movies. No. I mean, you do. You do, you don't get them as much though. It's because things air more. You negotiate those. Uh, like Robert Downey Jr., he gets like percentages. Uh, yeah. You know, Alec Guinness got the percentages off Star Wars because he knew better. But everybody else mm-hmm. is kind of like that's it. Like you know, maybe like maybe likeness rights, but only if it becomes like a franchise. Yeah, it's 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 not that thing. So like, yeah, um, I did see somebody in the comments um, that bring up a good choice. Mm. Um, Gorgon Fish's Spider Verse hasn't changed superhero movies yet, but it'll take a, f- a few years to see the effects. I do agree with it. Mm. Um, Spider Verse could be one, but we're too close to it still. Yeah. It, if we get this giant kickoff of let's say animated superhero movies yes. which i would love by the way yeah. I, I i really think they should do well, i've been asking for that, that for years like where oh man are like those? yeah let's uh, yeah there's so many there's so many comic books that where you look at them you're like oh man that would be such an impossible one to adapt but yeah. if they did it like animated or like spider-verse did it i think it would totally work yeah what's what's ironic about that of course is the spider-verse is an original product it's not based off anything it's just kind of like it's using yeah. all the origins and stuff but it's like it's its, its own wholly unique story I mean, like, DC's the closest one to have accomplished that when they started making their adaptations and making their, you know, direct-to-DVD and then direct-to-video-on-demand animated films. Yes. But I feel like it's gotten away from them over the years. It it has. It has. And now, now, um, I mean, the last closest adaptation they had was Death of Superman. Yeah. And even that one was different, which I like Death of Superman, but that's also the other thing with those is that they're very hit and miss. Yes. Um, they've never really, they've only, they were only consistent, like with the first year, the first couple years, like yeah. the first couple years, like everyone was solid. And then they started like venturing down these paths and you were like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah, no. And, um, well, and some of them just didn't succeed. And so they were like, they got yeah. gunshot. I mean like Green Lantern first flight. I loved the Green Lantern mm-hmm. movie. I loved the Wonder Woman, like animated movie. The Wonder Woman anime movie for a long time. I was saying they should just make that the movie. Exactly. Version. Yeah. Uh, although I will say the live action Wonder Woman movie, solid. Uh, it is solid. It, it is it is very very solid. It's one of my favorite comic movies of all time. Um, but yeah, the, you could tell like it, it, especially in modern days, they're very um, reticent to do anything that's not Batman or Superman. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, look at the Justice League Dark movie that stars Batman. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But it's funny. I, I had a friend who worked in the department a couple years ago, and he said that he said that they weirdly still sell those movies. Apparently, still really sell well, like on DVD. Okay. Um, and he said that they found, um, like when they did the Teen Titan ones, yeah. he was like, he was like, he's like, we found as soon as we took like Batman or Superman out of the title, they would just drop in sales. Holy shit. Yeah, and he was like, so, he, so he's like, he's like, it's, a, he's like, we don't, he's like, we want to make other ones, but he was like, he's like, it's a business, and so. Oh yeah, well, it's know. like I, I hear you on that front, but like, then make them good. Like, yeah, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well, you know, like that's that's not again. That's not the thing of like. Just because something is good doesn't mean it equates to sales. Absolutely not. And just because something is bad doesn't mean it equates to a bomb. Nor I mean, I know it, plenty of yeah. like what movies that I would call bombs that like that are box office massive hits. I oh, mean, absolutely. does anybody like Avatar? Right. Be honest. I mean, I never liked Avatar, but I'm <laughs> I'm seeing over the years a lot of people like defend it vehemently, and I'm kind of like, why? I saw that movie once. I saw it in theaters with a 3D. I think the, the way you're supposed to That's see it. That's right. And I walked out of that movie being like, so CGI dances with wolves mixed with Pocahontas? Okay. Yeah. I remember like being so incensed by how dumb the premise was before we saw the movie. I actually deliberately was like, I'm going to try and root for humanity. I know I'm going to be manipulated <laughs> emotionally to try and root for the cat people, but I'm going to try very In hard. the unobtainium? Yeah. And, and then it got to unobtainium. I go, oh, there's no way I can actually root for anybody because this whole movie is garbage. Like, it's all, it's yeah. all deliberately, like, snake oil. It's not yeah. real. Like, none, the, there was no way to humanize the human characters because they don't actually have character or any development. Yeah. Did you know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was originally supposed to be the um, the drill sergeant <laughs> commander guy that that uh, I think is it Stephen Grant yes. is his name. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I I remember it's yeah I think it's Stephen Grant. But in the, I, I, the, I, he's on Into the Badlands. He's a great actor. I forgot his he name. He's a great actor. He should have played um, Cable. Um, that he was my call for. Uh, 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 Stephen Lance or God, what is his name? I'm gonna look him up now. Up. Um, but yeah, he he was my pick for Cable as well. Yeah, he was great. Uh, but Arnold. Uh, yeah, it was it was supposed to be that that part was supposed to be Arnold, and then he couldn't do it because he was still the governor at that time. Oh man, that's hilarious. I Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang, thank you. Stephen Lang. He's great. Uh, he's so good that we should definitely should know his name. Agreed. Um, let's talk. We, we, let's talk about some of these other DC. Let, well, we should probably go. We should go back to New Gods. I think. I agree because like New. Because we haven't talked about this. I would love to hear your opinions, because um, where are you on the, the Tom King Batman run? Are you a positive or a negative on that? I loathe it. Okay. Um, I Yeah, that's all I can say about it, is that I, I really don't like it. Um, I yeah. See, I like it up until um, Catwoman doesn't say yes. Right. And uh, or until, Cat, until Catwoman avoids the wedding. Although, I will say, I think the best arc of that run, of Tom King's Batman run, is the cold, dead hands where Bruce Wayne is on jury duty. Yes. Yeah, with absolutely. Mr. Freeze. I do think that's the best arc of, his, of that entire Batman run. Um, so right around that point is work I kind of dropped off. And I think everything in it... Um, um, you know, is is really good and thoughtful. And I and I do think, again, like, it'll be weird that we won't get the conclusion because I do think, like, a long-running TV show, we would see, like, where he was going with oh, it. yeah. Well, we're going to um, get that spinoff series that he's going to do called the called Batman Catwoman. And that is going to be his, like, wrap-up. Yeah. And that'll well, go supposedly. as long as it sells. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So at least um, you'll get, you will know the conclusion of his story. It's just that it'll yes. happen in that book instead of the main book. Yeah. But so if so Tom King he's been he's been scooped up. He's going to write New Gods yep. with uh um with Ava DuVernay who is great by the way. Um she has this uh, uh Netflix documentary we're talking about called When They See Us that's coming out like tomorrow apparently. Oh cool. And it's apparently getting super positive reviews. Okay. So she is she is no slouch herself. Yeah. Uh, no, she wrote Selma. What's that? I think she wrote Selma. Did she write Selma? She directed Selma. Oh. Or wait, I see her I credits on it. Selma. Uh, let's see here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, she she, she directed Selma. Oh, crap. Well, Which is another great movie. Still. Yeah, solid. Exactly. Um, so she has a pretty solid career. Yeah. Uh, Wrinkle in Time seems to be like her one stumble. Wrinkle in Time is the wrinkle in her career. But uh, yeah. I will say that, yeah, as you pointed out, we, we mentioned this off camera, like that movie had a lot of moving parts, most of which involve Oprah. Who the hell knows? And also, and also a Disney movie, right? You know, like we don't know whether that's a Disney, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but I will say, like Tom is an interesting choice right. because Tom, um, you know, comic book writer, mm -hmm. um, he has written some television stuff that I don't think has come out mm. uh, yet. Um, but uh, yeah, like all his WB meetings that we were talking about, like I I'm certain that this is what it is. But he, I think he's a great choice for this because yeah. 
you know, he is New Gods is a is a hard project for fans like us to get behind because we're like, how do you make that in a two hour movie? It's such a broad concept. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But by putting somebody like Tom King on there, who has written one of the best New Gods things ever, yeah, I think that immediately gets fan reaction positive. I mean, at least for me. Well, I think they know that, and that's a, that, mm-hmm. that is a that is a total coordinated effort where they're like, I think that DC knows they need to have a big, high profile DC creator name attached to their movie projects in order to get the fan base on board, mm-hmm. and also, apparently. Everyone at DC, from editorial to AT&T, is 100% on board the Tom King hype train. Uh, because this guy got, <clears throat> within a year of working at the at the company, got the main book, got a major event, and a 12-issue miniseries. Like, I wasn't within a year. Wasn't it, though? I mean, no, like, no. Because he, he had done, like, little Vertigo stuff. Yeah, but no. I'm talking about, like, after Vision... He gets Batman, Mr. Miracle, and Heroes in Crisis all within, like, a year or two span. Well, you got to think about before that, though, he had he had done Omega Men. Yes. And Sheriff of Babylon. Right. So he has a a, a, a high profile. And so he didn't, he, yeah, he didn't get Batman. Record. He didn't really get Batman out of nowhere. Like, I, I will put this, Omega Men is one of the best comic books DC has published in the last 10 years, and nobody's read it. That's fair. Yeah, no, um, no, and it's yeah. it's it's another thing like Mr. Miracle. Um, he was left alone. Yes. It's a genius. I still think it's the best comic book he's ever written. Mm-hmm. That's so fair. no, it's um, it's an excellent series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but th- for me, you know, everybody. I mean, like Tom King. Well, I don't want to get into my personal opinions about Tom King's writing, but I will say, if you find his pattern, you will never not notice it. Well, yeah, he has a pattern. All writers have patterns. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I will throw this out, devil's advocate. Um, yeah. You know, Scott Snyder was the same way when he took Batman. Oh, yeah. Well, he, The only thing that he had before he did his Detective Comics run was American Vampire. Right. So he kind of, when they gave him Batman for the New 52, was kind of coming off oh, of nowhere. Oh, that's DC's track record. That's the, no, I'm saying it's not a very good idea. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is. It seems to be a proven commodity. Uh, mm. You know, is, is to go. Do you have a successful Vertigo book? Have you had some moderate success with with Marvel? That is an yeah. optional option. You know, then you're hired, and you can have our major book and keep our entire company afloat with one title. Like, well, I, well that and that makes you. That's why the interesting thing about if uh, you know Tom leaving Batman, and we assume to go do New Gods. Yeah. Um, who will be the next crazy pick? Bendis. I don't think it's going to be Bendis. I think it's Bendis only because they need to offset the cost. Like I get that. I don't think Bendis has the time, though. Well, I, 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 you know how many books Bendis wrote for Marvel at his, in his heyday? Like he, I think he was doing like four titles, five titles. I want to say he was doing like eight titles right? at like one time. Monthly wasn't he? titles? Yeah. He could do all of Superman and one Batman book. I mean, <clears throat> isn't he already doing a Batman book for Walmart? Yeah, he's doing the Walmart, but those are only like 12 pages. A month? True. So it's quite different. So he only has to do an issue of a Batman comic book every two months. That's true. But that, like, as we know, like, the dude can churn it out. And by he the way, can. I mean, he can't. That doesn't mean he can churn good stuff oh, out. Uh, um, that's a totally different argument. I'm not saying that he even should be mm-hmm. the guy they pick. But I, I do. That, like, yeah. Getting the I Bendis th- infusion yeah, yeah. on. Well, the, the Bendis infusion on Superman didn't equate to sales. No, it hasn't. So what are we doing with Bendis then? It's interesting. I don't. I think they will give him Batman. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think he's going to get the Tom Taylor one. I. I think if he gets Batman, he will get it like issue one hundred. Oh, unless they decide to reboot Batman, which I think they will. Probably. Um. So, I think they're going to let somebody else go. It, it's weird because there is this rumor out there, and Bleeding Cool has said this several times. So I don't know how true this. Yeah. And apparently, there is a Batman story that's like twelve issues or six issues that is. Brian Hitch and Warren Ellis. I'd heard that, yeah. That they just have sit in a drawer somewhere that they've never published. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people think that they might like shove that into the end of this Batman. As run. like a stopgap. That's not a bad yeah. idea. Uh, yeah, as a stopgap to figure out like who who do we get next. Right. Um, you know, in my perfect opinion, wh- who I would love to see get it. Well, there's two people I would love to see get it. 
One is Tom Taylor because right. he's the best. He's one of the best damn comic book writers out there. And and for some reason, DC keeps putting him on these weird side books. Yeah. Um, he's so good. Like Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man is really good. Deceased is really good. Injustice was really good. Right. Um, and he X Men Red was great. Okay. The other person that I would possibly give it to would I would just say, hey, Peter J. Tomasi, do you want to write both Batman titles? Right. I you feel know and like con- and connect them. I want Tomasi to leave and go to and go to Marvel. But, oh, interesting. And I think he's kind of like almost there based on how mm-hmm. much resistance he met. He was met with all his great ideas that are all being celebrated more than anything that's going on with Superman right now. Yeah. Uh, and he's with, such a great writer, too. And with Gleason going to Marvel and being on Spider-Man, it's kind of like, boy, wouldn't everybody really enjoy a Peter J. Tomasi Spider-Man run? You know, Nick Spencer yeah. is tired. You think it's time for you to stop? I mean, I know you just you just got on the book, but like you got to do the Craven <laughs> book. Let's move on. Get Tomasi. Give him Spider Man. Just move on. Um, yeah, it's. it's but it would yeah, make I, sense. I was with that book until the Craven arc too. Right. I, I we <laughs> just wrapped up the last issue. I'm like, okay, cool. I I stopped reading it. I remember reading in the back of one of those where they said that that was like the arc that he pitched from the very beginning, and I was like, mm. <laughs> got you the book. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, it's. Listen, it's better than anything. It's better than the last three arcs that Dan Slott wrote. That's all I'll say about that. Um, but Tomas, I like sense. Dan Slott's finale. I, I'll, it was. Bombastic. I'll give you like a couple before that, but I like Dan Slott's finale uh, with the Red Goblin. I thought that was fine. It was. Yeah. I, I. You know, it's funny. At that point, you could see it all coming. The last issue of his run is better than mm-hmm. the entire Red Goblin arc. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But uh, I mean, there is some, there is something to be say. Um. Um. I, there is something to be said, like, there is a time when you know you need to step off. Exactly. You know, um, it's it's interesting because one of the writers that I blame that doesn't know when to stop is Brian Michael Bendis, who's, whose Avengers run goes about 50 issues too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, it goes, you know? it goes in, like, a circle because, you know, you, you he launches with, with new Avengers. He's like, I'm going to mm-hmm. take all these – I actually launched with Avengers, but he's like, I'm going to take all the characters that don't sell. I'm going to kill them or put them away. And we're going to replace him with these with with my favorite characters and more sellable characters, and mm-hmm. then just make a team out of that. And it like broke new ground, created this whole new like groundswell of support and fandom for this team. And I got all the and wh- I remember the moment I went, I think I need to stop. And it was when <laughs> it was a it was a gorgeous. I don't remember who did the cover, but it was this gorgeous Vision cover, and it's just this big cover of Vision. And I go, I have to stop. You brought back the robot you killed. To make your book work. Like, I don't really care about Vision as a character, unless it's Tom King's Vision, which is an amazing miniseries. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a character, I'm not really on board for Vision. I think Vision represents kind of like the like the unrelatability of the Avengers. I was on board when it was a bunch of street-level characters who were kind of, like, barely able to, like, fly a Quinjet. Once he brought the robot back, I'm like, oh, you don't even know what you're... You, you're not even doing the thing you were doing anymore. Like, mm-hmm. and if you're going to just do your version of what like Kurt Busiek would do with the Avengers, then I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it was better because like his idea to turn the Avengers into the justice league was a really smart idea. Yeah. That's a, that's it was, a, it was, pitch. it was a genius. I, and I understand like, and to be honest with you, that new Avengers run is great. I love it's it. really good. It's, it's, and the lead up to secret evasion is really good. Yes. Even um, all the and yeah. it's funny I hate tie-in books but like all of the Secret Invasion stuff like while it's happening is yeah. so good pretty good pretty good Secret Invasion is actually one of my favorite events that because I think like overall it I think the main storyline is a lot of fun to read yep. I think uh, Lynn Francis Yu was a was a weird pick for that book but yes. I like his art I think his art really works yeah um and. I think it's one of the few events like my only nicks with secret evasion is the finale is that when you get to the, that was the first Marvel event I read where I was like, Oh, it's just set up for the next Marvel event. Yeah. Oh, because like, that's my only problem with secret evasion is that Norman Osborn comes out of nowhere and shoots the queen in the head. Well, and that's somehow like it, 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 it's like a resume builder. Like I, I like what, what are your qualifications to run an entire like global network of spies mm-hmm. and like, you know, and, and, and security. I shot the main bad guy in the face. Yep. Also but I've been the green goblin for the last 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That, 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 that seems to clear the, the, the slate. You're good. My problem with secret invasion at the end of it was, it didn't mean anything like at the end mm-hmm. they were like, so like all these elements of our government and our like society have been infiltrated by scrolls. Scrolls are obviously like a 
allegory for the other in society. And mm-hmm. then at the end, they all just fight. And they're these, they have no home and they're displaced. There's no solution. They just start killing them. And then, and then, yep. and then the book ends like, like we don't have millions of scrolls living in the earth, living on earth. And like, yeah. I remember all the ads for secret invasion where it was like, children it's like like a, a white kid a black kid and a scroll kid and they're all like playing or like you know blowing flowers and whatnot and you're like that's really cute this and it's implying like we're gonna have this new marvel universe where it's like the scrolls live here now and there's nothing we can do about it well and it's also that is that idea there was like a, a couple of years in new avengers and it was like this on all marvel books where they found the electra scroll because yeah. they found the electra scroll in like the second arc basically yeah and and then secret invasion doesn't happen for like 20 more issues i know <laughs> um and it's interesting because, and I will say this, I actually think Secret Invasion in the movies would be awesome. I agree. Especially if, like, Phase 4 is, like, you know, we find out a new main character was a scroll, a new main character. Now, I, I hope, and again, a lot of people are, are talking about this, like, I hope we don't, they don't do anything where, like, you find out Black Widow was a scroll and that she's actually secret alive. I, I hope they don't do any of that business. Right. Um, but I like the idea. I would... I would love the idea if, like, say at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, you find out that uh, Happy Hogan is a scroll, Right. Or uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Whatever. Yeah. Spider-Man Goes to the Prom. I, I don't know what the hell it's called. <laughs> I hate those subtitles for that movie. Yeah. So. I, 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 I totally agree with you there. The heartbreaking one would be if they were like, Falcon's a scroll. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that would be terrible. Right? You'd be like, oh, or Morgan Morgan Stark scroll. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um but yeah, anyway, uh as far as Tom King making uh <laughs> making a new gods move. I think it's a good move. I think I think you're right because as much as I don't like his Batman and I don't agree with his approach and seemingly like subtextual belief in PTSD, I do love that book and I think mm-hmm. he gets it in terms of like exploring how the new gods function and what their whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see that. And I think he knows because he's, because I think he's best suited to like the truncated format, 12 issues, you know, that kind of thing, yes. like, as opposed to a hundred issues, two hours. Yeah. That's not a bad like time. But span. also too. I, and again, I've heard this from him. I've heard this personally from him and I've heard this personally from Scott Snyder as well. Talk, and, I, and I'm sure you might have too, because you've interviewed uh, Scott. Yes. Um, both of them have both told me that the hardest thing about writing Batman is how do you come up with something different? Yes. Because there's 80 years of Batman. Right, exactly. Right? And doing Batman's it- a hard – look, I don't care. Like everybody would want to write Batman. Sal would write Batman. I'd write Batman. Yep. If they offered us Batman like right now, we would all say yes to it. Even Everybody in the chat, we'd all say yes to the chance to write Batman. True. But at the same time, Batman's one of the hardest books in the world to write. Yes. And it is. We, we would all write – a fine Batman. Like we do yes. a cool story about Mr. Freeze or we do a really cool story about man bat or like take a character that you forgot about, that everyone's forgotten about, but you love and you want to do something new. But at the end of the day, like it's really hard to do something new and it's really hard to do something that puts your stamp on it. That also isn't like mm-hmm. derivative or an homage to somebody else's run. Yeah. Cause at the same time, like how many times can we see Batman take the penguin back to Arkham? Yeah. We've, we've seen it 75 times. Right. We, you know, like, so it's like, how do you do something new with Batman? That's you know, and and that's why I would argue like, the the Tom King stuff that I love is like his idea of oh yeah, Catwoman and Batman. Right. Like that's interesting. I, I I actually like I was still I was thinking that he was leading to them in issue one hundred getting married. Yeah. Again, like it was the tease out, and that 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 was going to be the change of the status quo. It was going to exactly, be like we're going to we're going to have married Batman. Is that that's going to be the thing be? that's going to change. Because I think that is I think that's still what Batman Catwoman in the book is all about. I hope so, but I could see that now that it's not in the main book, it still may not happen. Right. I don't know. But anyways, for him in the New Gods, Mr. Miracle is one of the most street-level, uncosmic-y kind of just like, oh, this is what the New Gods are? Yes. So I totally understand how a Warner Brothers executive is like, oh, that's a perfect choice to write our New Gods movie because it's the perfect um, doorway into that concept. Right, which is funny because... He hasn't been like no one has had that idea Mm -hmm. for the most part. When I think when you say like name me a street level new God, I think think a forager. Yeah. And that's a bug creature. who's not a human. Right. But but he's a, (laughs) you know, he represents, but I'm like, I like that character. And I think he's been the, like the kind of like the, the ride along character for the new gods. 
And yep. yet... He's also one of the greatest things of Young Justice Season 3. Oh, I didn't finish it. <laughs> uh, oh, really? I liked it a lot. It's fine. I, I just, I was like, okay, well, I'm not... I, I don't have time. Well, you stay in your yard with your hose to spray at the kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll be out here in the street riding my bike with streamers. Yeah, well, enjoy. <laughs> it, 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 listen, I, I'm, I'm amazed that they actually managed to, like, keep the animation style and the voices, and Bruce Greenwood's a great Batman and all that, but, like, I don't know. I was just like... I, I need to I need to stop for a little while. Mm-hmm. But um, but do you want to? There's some there's some super chats. My, I know there's that, so some interesting super chats. All right, really quick. Uh, Chris Beck says I'm buying the book right now. Can't wait. Love the show. Sweet. Thank you, Mr. Roboto. Batman vampire animated movie. Also, where's Joel? Joel's taken off. Uh, we got Jason here today. Yeah. Uh, Batman vampire I, animated movie. I think that's inevitable. I heard they were making one. Right. Makes I heard sense. they were doing it, but they, but you know, animation takes a long time, so who knows? Exactly. Uh, and by the way, if they do make one, I guarantee it'll be like Gaslight, where they just merge all the Batman Vampire comics into one story. <laughs> yeah, probably. Caleb Paris says, "How do you predict the new gods and Eternal movies will affect their respective universes, seeing as they, in essence, fill a similar niche in their respective universes?" Oh, I think New Gods won't affect its universe nope. now because I think. <laughs> I think, you know, the DC movies now, and I think smartly, are going to be kind of self-contained. Right. Um, Because, obviously, they can't handle a shared universe, and that's fine. That's Marvel's Marvel's done it, and Marvel's done it very well. So, to me, I have no problem with DC being like, okay, our movies are going to be sort of standalone. So, I I think New Gods will have, like, little to no reaction to the rest of the DC universe. Eternals, uh, I don't know. Eternals will be harder to see because... You know, we don't know, like, what Phase 4 or 5, even Phase 6 is. I don't think they do either. I don't think they, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I have a feeling the Eternals will be, like, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, we'll see their characters in whatever the new Avengers crossover is or yeah. whatever. No, I, I think, yeah, you're right. I think Eternals is going to be its own thing, like Guardians. I think that, unlike Guardians, I don't think we're going to see Eternals, like, at all. Like, I think they're just going to be, like, their own thing. Oh, interesting. I think I think it'll be like just just a way to deepen the lore of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's more mm-hmm. like it's more like you know we can make Guardians a household name. Can we try it with Eternals? I mean, what's the worst going to happen? People don't like it. Whatever, we won't make any more. You know, mm-hmm. the reality is we're going to make an X Men movie next. Like, so move on. Like, so they don't need it. So they can. It's actually kind of cool because they don't need the Eternals, so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, it, it, man, Eternals is such a weird choice for them. I, I honestly don't know why they picked Eternals because I'm going to be honest with you. I've read the Neil Gaiman Eternals. Yeah. I've read a lot of other Eternal stories. Uh, and Sal, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there is a good, good Eternals comic book run I, out there. I mean, like, listen, the Neil Gaiman one is incredible, and I really dig it. They're, See, I disagree. I I think I think it's so terrible. boring. <laughs> they're so boring. Yeah. Uh, I think that the Eternals are more boring than the Inhumans, and I hate the Inhumans. Yes. I said I love the Inhumans. Yeah, so but I, I agree with you. The Eternals are boring as hell. Yeah. And that's the so problem. I, and so, like, if that, so that's why I'm like, hey, knock yourselves out. Do whatever you want with it. Because, like, the thing about the Eternals that I like is the kind of, like, Chariots of the Gods celestial thing. Like, I love mm-hmm. the, the lore and the Kirby stuff that the Eternals represent and usher in. So mm-hmm. if they manage to, like, make that kind of matter, like, when they name the Celestial that was in the Collector's projection for the Guardians in the first movie, like, when we see the, the Celestials actually in action and all that, like, that'll be kind of cool. And yeah. if they go full tilt with that and they just do something kind of like, I mean, the Neil Gaiman one is, is the most, makes the most sense to adapt because it's, it's set on Earth. How, what was that? It's on Earth. Yeah. They they don't remember that they're Eternals, then they wake up because of a side plot with a character that doesn't really exist as part of the main mm-hmm. continuity. Like, it's easy to just do. Um, but I don't think either of them are going to affect their universes at all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't think either one will affect them. Yep. Uh, Meow Nian says, I bet Warner Brothers will be like, make it like Star Wars, like they did with Green Lantern. Those executives have been mishandling franchises well before Batman vs. Superman, like The Hobbit. I think The Hobbit has a lot to do with... I don't know if Warner Brothers is entirely the like at fault for The Hobbit being so terrible. No, I mean, I mean they are the ones that made it three movies. That is, and that's the because Peter Jackson wanted it to be two. Right. I would make it one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, as far as I mean, like here's the thing: New Gods will probably cost as much as like the first Green Lantern movie. 
Yeah. I mean, like, you got to make, you're, you're going to make New Genesis, you got to make Apocalypse, you got to have Darkseid. You know they're not going to make Darkseid a dude in a suit. Yeah. Like, Apocalypse is going to be just an entirely CGI planet. Exactly. There's no other way you can do it. No. The weird thing about it is, is that I wonder if they're going to sort of take some uh, hints or, or some ideas from Final Crisis and we kind of do the Eternals idea where, like, the the new gods are on Earth and they don't remember that they're new gods. Right. I hope they so, don't. So, so, it'll, so it'll be weird if we get, like, two movies where, like, these god creatures don't remember that they're gods. Yeah, because I think that'll be the exact same thing. Like, I think if that's the case, you're going to have a real, like, you're going to have a real deep impact Armageddon problem on your hand. It's a dated mm-hmm. reference. Uh, they're both uh, asteroid movies. Yep. Came out at the same time. <laughs> um, Kieran Morrison helping us out. Algie Try says, I can't wait. I uh, can't watch this live, but I can still give you money for the lights overhead. Thank you very much, sir. You are. Sweet. Uh, these super chats help to pay for the studio. We do appreciate it. Ah, Kieran Morrison has a question. Give Batman back to Snyder. Do you think Snyder would ever take Batman back after last night on Earth? Um, I mean, I'm going to say two things. One, I don't want Snyder back on Batman. Um, and two, no, I don't think he will. Yeah. I mean, if he, I hope... I hope he feels like he's said everything he needs to say on Batman, and I hope he moves on. He certainly seems um, to be saying that, like, publicly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's a smart move for him. It's yeah. the same thing, like, um, there's a run that not many people remember in DC Comics. And it was when they brought uh, Wally West back. Because remember when, when Bart Allen became Flash after Infinite Crisis? Yeah. And there was, like, 12 issues, and that run is very much like, Rrr. Yep. Um, they brought Wally West back in the Lightning Saga, and he had kids. Right. And when they relaunched his series, they were like, oh, you know what we need to do? We need to bring back the guy who's really great on Wally West. So they brought back Mark Waite. Right. And that run is terrible. <laughs> I didn't and, read it. And so. Mark Waite is a good writer. Yeah. Mark Waite has written the best Flash run of all time that stars Wally West. Yeah. I understand why you give that job to him, but like – it was a time of he had walked off the stage. He had said everything he had ever needed to say with Wally West that yeah. coming back kind of just, you know, diminishes his previous work. And I think Scott Snyder would be the same thing. It's Agreed. like he has said, I think, everything he needs to say with Batman. And with this future Elseworlds future storyline, I think that'll be it, too. I, like, I, don't, I don't think he'll need to come back. I think he will come back, but not right away. Oh, interesting. I, okay. I think that he has I, – I think he – Everything that he has written, you know, he he calls Last Night on Earth his like culmination. Like this is like everything. This is he he's very much a big fan of Grant Morrison, and he says you know like that Batman has to have a birth and a death when it's your run, and that Last Night on Earth is kind of like his death of Batman for him in terms of like mm-hmm. this is the last thing I have to say about Batman. Nothing that he's written makes it feel like that. So it says to me that like this is just another. I mean like Dark Knight's Metal. This. Uh, that did that Detective Comics 1000 story. Nothing feels like it's culminating into anything. It just feels like, oh, I have a cool idea for a Batman story. Here it is. And then he does it, and it's like, oh, okay. And like half of us enjoy it, and the other half like pretend to enjoy it. And like mm-hmm. after that, it's kind of like I feel like anytime he's like, I have a Batman idea, and DC will go write it, do it. Well, I mean, yeah, DC. It, it, I mean, he's entered the the, the idea that like it, he's like Frank Miller now. Yeah. That if if he comes up with a Batman idea and he sends it to DC, DC's going to publish They're it. They're going to publish it. That's it. Yeah, be, because it'll sell because it has his name on it. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I know I know he has he's announced a couple of times that he has like all these independent yes comic books that he's working on. Yep. So like I, I I don't I don't if he comes back to Batman, I don't think it's for a while. No, it'll be like a year. It'll be at least a year, if not three. Yep. You know, but you I know. Don't, and I don't and I think he's done doing it monthly. Yes, I think so too. As if Syed helping us out. Uh, Squirro says, DC got Grant Morrison to write the Flash movie, but Ezra Miller wants it darker compared to Morrison's lighter tone, so no idea how that'll work. Uh, that movie is dead. Yeah, that's all, like, dead, dead, actually. Like, there is no Grant Morrison involved in that movie anymore. That movie is never going to happen. It's funny. I Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, they were supposed to be co-writing it. Yeah. Um, and I know Ezra Miller was the one that, like, liked it darker. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't really call Grant Morrison like a light and happy writer. No. I mean, he he does do tones of that here and there, but it depends on the character. Um, but yeah. yeah, I I'll tell you what, man, I would have loved to have read that script. Oh, totally. I would have killed to have read that script because I cannot imagine the zany and weird shit that Grant Morrison would have put in a Flash movie. Yes. Has Grant Morrison <laughs> ever written a Flash book? 
Yes. So he, him and Mark Miller, when they were friends, because now they're not friends. Right. Um, Grant Morrison is who got Mark Miller into comic books, by the way. I don't know if anybody knows this. Right. Um, like without Grant Morrison, Mark Miller would not, we would have no Kingsman and all kick ass and any of this stuff wow. or civil war. No. Um, so Mark Wade at towards the end of his Wally West run wanted to take a break. Like he was like, he was like, I'm not done with my flash run. I have plenty of stories left, but I want to take a break. And so he took a 12 issue break. He took a year off and Grant Morrison and Mark Miller took over the book. Um, and they just collected it in a trade like a couple years ago. It says The Flash by Grant Morrison and Mark Miller. Oh. Um, they're the ones that introduced the Black Flash. Oh, that's right. A Grant yeah. Morrison created Black Flash. I completely Yeah, it's Grant about Morrison that. and Mark. Yeah. It, I actually love their little run. So they did 12 issues, and then Mark Wade came back for like his final 15. Right. Or something like that. Uh, so yes, he has written The Flash, and he also wrote Wally West in uh, JLA for a lot. Right. Well, that's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Roboto um, says Sal Vision is the Superman of the Avengers. I no. No, he's uh, no. Vision is the Martian Manhunter of the Avengers. Exactly. Yeah. But I love that. I love that theory. Like, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to JLA the Avengers, then that is exactly who Vision is. Well, he definitely has the power set. He's got the power yeah. set. He's got the disconnect from humanity. He's got the. He's got the. You know, the the melancholy nature. All that. Yeah. No. Mm. Captain America is the Superman of the Avengers. Uh, Trev Fishbean says, do you guys think something similar to the end of Secret Invasion will happen in the movies? Or we're getting a Dark Avengers and Dark Reign? No. I do think they're going to make a movie called Dark Avengers. Yeah. Um, how we get there, I don't know. Right. Um, I mean, it won't be Dark, it won't be Norman Osborn, obviously. No. Um, but I do think somewhere in our lifetimes we will see a movie called Dark Avengers. You know what be really great? And this is just because I'm a nerd and I love this character. It'd be great if uh, Justin Hammer was the Norman Osborn of the Dark Avengers. You know, that would work, dude, because he's so wasted in that movie, and Sam Rockwell is a great actor. So I, great. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually blown away, and I think it's kind of similar to the Incredible Hulk thing, Yeah. where like people don't really like either one of those movies. No. Um, I like the Incredible Hulk just fine. It's fine. Um, it's not great, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, but people don't want to bring any characters back from either of those movies it's like weird. we just we just got thunderbolt ross back like exactly. two years ago yeah so and that's really cool i, I was expecting Liv tyler to yeah. show back up but nah i was too i was actually expecting i've i've been expecting uh, uh betty ross to show up recently but i mean sam rockwell's the same way like yeah. he he should have totally been in some marvel movies by now right he should have been the villain in ant-man and ant-man 2 like he, oh, he would have been a. He should have been the villain in Ant Man. That's right, he that's have a been good Yellow choice. Jacket, where he's like, I can't be Tony Stark, yeah. but I could beat Hank Pym. Yeah, I hope they bring him back. But you know, him being the Norman Osborn, I I'd be down for that. Right, and it's just he just Sam Rockwell's it up. He gets us. He gets himself a sweet suit of armor. I mean, like we were almost there when he get when when Rhodes steals the suit in Iron Man Two. Anyway, yep. Uh, Valentino G says I'd like to see Sean Murphy take over Batman after his White Knight sequel. That'd be fine. I mean. I like White Knight. Uh, I wouldn't. Right. I, again, I think the only reason why White Knight works is because he's on his own. Yes. He's off in a corner. I think the minute you put him under editors that are concerned about their flagship book, the best-selling book at DC Comics, I don't think they're going to leave him alone. I think you're right. Um, I also think he needs a couple more years. He's a great artist, but you can tell in White Knight there are so many pages where like word balloons are novels. Right. And, and and he'll, he'll you know he, it's fine that 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 happens actually with every you can go back and look at John Burns first stuff that he wrote yep. and it's the same thing like it, it, it's it's a learning curve that everybody has in comic books where it's like oh yeah I don't need to fill every page with word bubbles look at uh, look at Kevin Smith's <clears throat> Daredevil run oh dear God yeah first couple of issues it's just like ending Casada's like you have to stop <laughs> yeah 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 that's uh, oh man that uh, yeah why am I drawing <laughs> that's anything best... <laughs> uh, let me draw a building please, please God. Gorgonfish, do you think the Ultra Serum from Gotham Girl will come back? Would giving Batman deadly superpowers for a time with a time limit be a stupid status quo change? Um, I think it's got to come back because, like, the end of the I Am Gotham arc says that this is the spot where Batman dies and he still isn't dead yet. And Tom King said he's got 100 issues to go. So, yeah, I think it's definitely going to come into play. I... 
I see. Here's the thing. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that little nugget is exciting and interesting. And that was when I like the first six issues. I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be cool. The right. de- we're going to go to the death of Batman and Gotham Girl. Such an interesting concept. Yeah. Because I didn't like them when they introduced them at first. I was no. like, "Why are we doing superheroes in Gotham? I think we're not going to get that at all. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I think he's. I, I don't think he has enough time. I think if we'd gotten the first hundred issues, I think if we if we'd gotten his full hundred issues, I think yes, we would have gotten death of Batman. But now that he only has what five more issues plus the twelve issue miniseries? Yeah. Nope. I don't. I don't think it's ever going to come into play. That's fair. We'll see. I mean, like, man, maybe if one of your arc was was, if one of your arcs wasn't only a dream sequence, that would have been really helpful. <laughs> True. Uh, as if C Ed says, a uh, uh, huge fan of both your channels. Thanks. Thanks. A lot. Captain Scruffy Beard. Since New Gods is happening soon, is Tiffany going to do Mister Miracle? Uh, yes. Yes, she's going to do Mister Miracle. Uh, or deceased this Halloween since Darkseid caused it. Maybe. I don't like Deceased, so we'll see. I liked it. It's, it's exactly what it should be. Right. It's fine. It's just that I don't care. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I get that. Uh, Jack O'Connell, <laughs> I'd love to see Scott Snyder write Spider-Man. He can do humor and quips, plus a little bit of horror would be good with Spider-Man. I agree. I think he's more... I think Scott Snyder's better suited for Spider-Man than Batman. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I'm trying to think about who would, who would I think a Marvel run that Scott would kick ass at. I know Scott said he really wants to do an Incredible Hulk run. Which I was oh, like, interesting. I, I think he would do a great job with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I'd always heard he wanted to do Super Star Wars for a long time. That makes sense. Like, he wanted to write the Star Wars book. He should. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. He'd probably do good as Spider-Man. Yeah. Chris Beck wants to know, is Alan Moore's Captain Brit, uh, Captain Brit worth grabbing? It's pricey. Have you read it? Uh, um, I've I- only read, like, the first couple issues. Yeah. I would say no. <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know, as much as I love uh, the work of Alan Moore that I love, there's a lot that I don't. Um, mm-hmm. But I have not read his Captain Brit, so I have no idea. I would say, I would say no. <laughs> Super Casual Plebe says, hello, guys. Hello. Hey. Uh, Adam Azamoa, without Mark Miller, we wouldn't have Ultimates 2 or 3. That's true. <laughs> I like Ultimates 2. I will defend that book. Really? Why? Yep. I will defend that book because it is um, it's such a macrocosm of superhero storytelling examining America's war on terror through superheroes. Gotcha. And if you look at that over the 12 issues, it's it, it literally is – and, I, and I, a lot of people don't see it this way, and, and that's fine. Um, over the 12 issues, if you look at it, he the Ultimates are basically America. It, look, right. one, it's, it's such a product of its time. Because I think it came out in 2004, 2006, somewhere it's in there. It's got to be around like 03, 04. Yeah. So it's the height of the war on terror and the yep. war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Like we, are, we have the most soldiers over there. We have the most everything over there, you know. Um, and he's using the Ultimates as this metaphor for America because they start out the arc being like, yeah, we're really cool. We just kicked that alien's ass. Yeah. Yep. And then over the course of the arc, they realize like, oh, maybe – Maybe what we're doing is wrong. Like maybe we shouldn't do this. And da, da, da. and then by the end of the arc, they come to realize like, well, yeah, you shouldn't be doing things like you have been doing it. But like we still need superheroes to punch people down. Right. <laughs> and, and and when you look at it that way, you're like, oh yeah, it, that is basically the American military. We're like, well, okay, we are doing a good thing, but like maybe we shouldn't do it how we have been doing it. Yeah. Oh, but we st- actually do need a military. Right. Well, we still do need a military. You know. I, when you, when you look at it yeah. that way. Now, some parts of that storyline, I think, are very successful, and some parts of that storyline are very dead. I totally understand where people don't dig it. Right. Now, Ultimates 3, like, holy good God almighty, throw that in the garbage well, can. Wasn't that Jeff Loeb, can. anyway? Like, it was Jeff Loeb, so, man. Oh, yeah, that's fine. And I was so excited for Joe Madera as well. Oh, man, he's so And good. it just, oh, that, that storyline is so dumb. Taylor Petra says, this, this Warren Ellis Batman rumor is interesting. I love Ellis, but I think he'd be, do a, be a better fit for, like, Legends of the Dark Knight. I think he already has written a Legends of the Dark Knight. I think you're right. And yeah. I mean, like, who's to say it won't feel like that anyway? I mean, you know. Dread mm-hmm. uh, Samra says, great to see you, Jason, back. Uh, All right. I'm late, so I might have missed it, but do you think Ava DuVernay and Tom King will do a good job because their previous works have been bad? <laughs> well, we've argued that, like, they're not really that bad at all, um, although I don't like his Batman run, um, and Wrinkle in Time might not be DuVernay's fault, um, I think that, oh yeah, do you think it's going to be good? Yeah, I actually do. 
It depends but on the director, it, but I think it's going to be fine. Well, she's going to direct is it. Is she going to direct it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, see, this is th- this question where well, I understand why you asked it, um, but this question is also a thing of like what is a thing in modern fandom where people judge a creator off of the last thing they've done. Yeah. Like Ava DuVernay, yeah, Wrinkle in Time is not great. It's not a great movie, but R- Ava DuVernay also has like seven other movies, including Selma, right? That she's directed that were amazing. Exactly. And, and Tom's the same way. Like, yeah, his Batman run, yeah, Heroes in Crisis may not be great, but like, he also wrote The Vision, which is great. He wrote The Sheriff of Babylon, which is great. Yep. He wrote Mr. Miracle, which is great. He wrote Omega right. Man, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grayson, which is great. Right. Uh, um, so like. You can't. We can't just judge them off the most recent thing. Yes. If, um, if it's nothing but bad, then it's like, yeah, I get it. Like if they said like Howard Mackey's going to help make the new guys. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Like no, but yes, hey, Howard Mackey. You're like, oh man. <laughs> I'm not going to give him the benefit of that, but like, yeah. I hear or uh, Chuck Austin. It was like Chuck Austin's going to write the new guys movie. You're like, ooh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I. But it's a fair point. Uh, Caboose yeah. 111. Uh, I'm a huge Red Hood fan, and having Snyder take over the character would be like a landing. Landing a date with Denise Richards circa Starship Troopers. <laughs> I guess that's good. It's a very specific reference. <laughs> it's a very specific <laughs> reference. I hear what you're saying. Um, I guess, I don't think he likes the Red Hood. Oh, uh, Scott? Yeah. That's my impression oh, from his writing, as as he never uses him. Mm-hmm. If he liked him a lot, he'd be in the book. Similarly with, with Damien. Like, yeah, I know that he said in an interview recently, he was like, I, I, I wish I'd gotten more chance, more of an opportunity to talk, to write about Damien. I feel like that's more because like his son is around Damien's age now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause Damien's not in his book at all. Nope. He's really. in, he's in the begin. He's at the end of uh, one of the court of Owl stories. Um, mm-hmm. but like he does one thing and wrapping up here with the last two super chats, Kevin Myers, Snyder on Daredevil or am I crazy? No, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that would work. There you go. And Mr. Roboto, why would DC tease a death that won't happen? Because that makes money. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's why anyone it, does it. It happens all the time in comic books. It happens all the time because, like, you have to put out this story month after month after month after month. The train yep. has to keep going no matter what. Yeah. And it's like they forget stuff all the time. Like, it's happened in many other runs. I think you can Google it. Like, you can... I think even you and I talked about that. Didn't we do an episode of Elseworlds where it was like the best stories that have never been finished? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. look at it that way. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, and finally, uh, Tyler Bass says, um, <clears throat> best case and worst case for who is taking over Batman now that King is leaving. Uh, I'd love to hear your picks on this. We did talk about that. I think best case scenario, obviously, like Tomasi's doing a great job, though I mm-hmm. will say I did kind of fall off a of detective. I found it kind of like, meh. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably Tom Taylor. Uh, worst case, yeah, I agree. probably Bendis, just because, like, you know, he, he doesn't have the time. And he's- yeah, or I would I would almost say, like, worst case could be... Uh, oh, yeah, like... I mean, let's say Gerard Way, oh, because then the scripts would never be turned in. It would never happen. Or, uh, what's it called, <laughs> if they asked, um... Shit, I just had it. Uh, Scott Lodell. There you go, yep. Uh, Joe Aldrich, hey guys, love the channel, keep doing you. We will. Thank Thanks. you very much. Um... Uh, Jason, as we wrap up, last question regarding our DC movies topic. Um, they're doing the Batman. They're doing New Gods. Uh, that's kind of like all. Oh, and Wonder Woman two. That's kind of all we know. And Joker. And Joker. And Birds of Prey. Right. And Birds of Prey is happening. Then he was yeah. On yeah they're the filming set. it, dude. Right you now. Saw that shit. Yeah. Um, what would make you the most excited? The DC said we're doing this. And you were like, oh shit. You know, I've been saying this for a long time, dude. I think the the movie that would make me the most excited is actually Booster Gold. <laughs> because they've been teasing that for so long. Yeah. And I love Booster Gold. And I think you could actually make a really great Booster Gold movie. I think it could be DC's Deadpool. Now, not that raunchy, but like in that tone kind of the idea, you know? Yeah. Because um, I would love to see a time travel adventure by a guy who's not good at time travel. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I, and I think it would be unique. And 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 he, I, I just, yeah, Booster Gold would be the movie where I'd be like, about time. Right. Thank you. Uh, I would love to see a kind of like dark, kind of like Tom Mandrake looking uh, Martian Manhunter movie. Oh, interesting. Like just because they've done, like because they've never, for me, made a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be fine to make another. But I know, I know they know how to make Superman deconstruction movies. <laughs> so... Just do mm-hmm. that. 
Like just a yeah, you, just a gritty, dark, cool looking Martian mm-hmm. Hunter film. I mean, Another one that would make me excited would be Nightwing. Of course, they finally made a Nightwing movie. Yeah. When would that would that even be part of this? Is that part of the canon? Is that its own thing? I think you have to ignore canon, dude. I mean, we've heard we've heard these rumors about this Joker movie that's going to take place in the 1970s. Yeah. And the weird rumor about that is that Joker is going to be Bruce Wayne's half brother in it. Right. And and so you can't like. I think you have to look at every one of these movies are in their own world. Yeah. They're in a multiverse. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> They're not connected anymore. I agree. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk. What do you think about? Uh, what do you think of Shazam? I thought it was fine. Right. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I think it. it was the better of the two Captain Marvel movies. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I thought Shazam was a good step in the right direction. I was like, hey, you're doing it. Yeah. And then that was a lot of fun. I, I'm. I look forward to the sequel. Yeah. Uh, and just as we go, Red Samurai reboot Justice League and use George Miller's JLM script with Rob Pattinson, Batman, and Nick Holtz as Superman. Blah blah blah. Um, I gotta tell you, no. I don't know if you saw those suits. Or if you read that story treatment, don't make that movie. Yeah, I've read pieces of that script. Yeah. It's not good. I you can they, find it on the internet if you look hard enough. I wish they made it back then. I agree. So we could laugh at it. <laughs> I, like, I wish, yeah, I wish we had made it back then because, like, then I think it would have set us up for a better Justice League movie a couple years ago. They would have been more careful. Yep. Because they would have been like, oh, guys, we ruined it back then. We can't do that again. Exactly. And we, and we thought we had it covered. So we need to be extra yeah. careful with it now. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Pasher says, I would love a hardcore gritty nightcrawler as question movie. Who I want that as a TV show. TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DC Universe original series. If Swamp Thing does well, check it out. I mean, yeah, if, you know, DC Universe only lasts for the next year, if that. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah, I don't think it's long for this world. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. And of course, guys, check the description below this video. Uh, check out Jason's book. Super Soldiers on June 18th. Uh, you can you can pre-order it now, and if you do, and you email Jason at the email address he, mes- he mentioned at the top of the show, he'll uh, he'll send you the first three chapters for free. Yeah, Jason Inman author at gmail.com. All spelled exactly how you there think you it is. Jason, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys hopefully thanks, next man. time. Jason, uh, keep up the good work, man. Thanks, man, and uh, keep up the good comic books. Congratulations on crossing 75K, man. Thank you very much. Well, we'll see you guys then. I'm Sal. I'm Jason. Bye-bye. Oh, my God.